It's in you. You possess the power. Just go hard. I need some motivation. motivation. Every day I try a little harder, but my dedication. dedication. Keep my head way, way above the water. Shining myself and I yell at the wall. Begging to run, but I needed to crawl. I see the finish line up ahead. Trying to get traction from all of this tread. I am a king. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Welcome back to the podcast that helps you be the leader. I'm Jeremiah Sullivan, and I'm your host. This is the show. This is the best damn show on the face of the internet. And it's the best because it comes from real experience. Guys, I'm here with my lovely wife Sharice today hey y'all this is the show that we designed you know now it's a couple's thing my wife is on here as the co-host but it's the purpose of this show is to help you guys achieve success and help you become leaders and if you are a leader you see yourself as a leader already it's to help you become a better leader just think about this real quick are you the leader that you would follow would you follow you Okay, because if we're real honest with ourselves, we all have shortcomings and weaknesses, and we all don't really feel like the best leader. Like, we know we can be better, and we feel like deep down inside, we're not what we want. Like, if you're a high achiever, this is probably how you think, right? You're you're, compromising. You're looking at yourself, and you're like, man, I know I could be better. I'm cutting corners here. You're just hard on yourself. (laughs) Narrative and those thoughts take away from your confidence. And so what we want to do in this show is we want to equip you with strategies and tactics to help you with your success help you with your leadership, help you with your mindset, so that not only you can achieve victory, but your entire fucking team can achieve victory with you. Design this show based, you know, to give tacit knowledge, knowledge through experience in leadership, mindset, high performance. I used to transform my life from small town kid to special operations, soldier, leader, and then commander, now entrepreneur. So I'm here to pass those lessons down to you. Sometimes we bring guests on. But to be honest, I think there's a lot of those, a lot of guests kind of just get circulated around other people's podcasts. I really like this format. I like talking to you guys, just being real with you, deep diving into the subjects I'm the most passionate about, helping bring you guys up. With that being said, today is going to be an awesome show. Like I said, we got my wife back on the mic. Yeah, I'm <laughs> feeling a lot better so I can, I can actually talk now. It, it makes a big difference. She's not dead. <laughs> She's alive. Also, I'm really excited for today's topic because confidence is something that all of us want more of, even if you're a confident person. Just think for a second about how much better life would be if you were, let's just say, 10 times more confident. You trusted yourself 10 times more. You believed in yourself 10 times more. You knew that if you said you weren't going to eat the cookie, you knew with confidence that you weren't going to eat that cookie. You knew that every single thing you said that you were going to do, you were going to pull it off. You knew you were confident, not arrogant. There's a difference between confidence and arrogance. Therese, in your opinion, what do you think is the difference between confidence and arrogance? So to me, arrogance is confidence without justification, Mm. confidence without any backing. Mm. It's the idea that you're entitled to being better without Mm. actually putting in any work to do it. I think it's openness. I think an arrogant person believes they can pull something off and they're not open to any other ideas. Yeah. But I think a confident person believes that they can pull it off and they stay open to ideas. They're they're coachable. Yeah, they're coachable. Exactly. Right. So arrogance is non-coachable people. Confidence is coachable people. Confidence is associated with coachable people that can believe they can do the thing. Yeah, that's what we have in store for today. We're going to talk about ways that you can elevate your confidence. And we're going to we're going to dive into the subject of fitness on how you guys 
can build more confidence with fitness specifically. I talk a lot about fitness through my content. Fitness has been a huge part of my life over the years. And when I think about fitness, I'm not talking about just lifting weights and eating healthy. I'm talking about your daily habits for everything, your mindset, your daily habits, not just with what you're eating, but drinking, indulging in, you know, for recreation. So it's all those things. Fitness has been the thing that really built my confidence up starting at a young age. And I know we all feel more confident when we take our fitness to the next level. You know, the more chopped up and dialed in you get, the better you feel about yourself, the more you believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. Let's let's do a quick little update on our personal lives and then dive into the subject trees because yeah, I want to, this is a family podcast. Everybody that's listening, we're all family, you know? Yeah, all of us. The last few weeks for you has been a ringer. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk a little bit about what's been going on in your world. Just a quick summary. I'll talk about a little about what's going on in mine and then we'll dive into the subject of leadership, confidence and fitness. Ooh, we had the gala back in December so wonderfully, but unfortunately I got an upper respiratory infection right after the gala, like two days after the gala. And then I got a sinus infection and then I got ear infections and then I got COVID and I went through two rounds of antibiotics, a round of steroids, started having some seizures, a bunch of ER visits, a bunch of urgent care visits, but the sickness is all gone. I'm on another round of antibiotics now and it's knocked everything out and I'm feeling really, really, really good. And we're in with the neurologist. I have an appointment next week where we're getting that taken care of too. You know what? Overall, I am at 110%. Yeah. The thing is guys, the reason why I wanted to share a little bit about what's going on in our personal lives is because sure set a fitness goal to run a marathon like many of us we all set goals and then life beats the shit out of us you know like shit happens you get sick or it's not even beating the shit out of you like you have a kid and then you got to bounce back from that we all have things that we have to like try to bounce back and fight you know bounce back from and fight through if you're growing a company you got to fight through all the fires that you're putting out your work is your number one priority and sometimes your health slips so fighting for our fitness is something that we all have to go through. Sharice went through that. She set a goal and she got knocked down. She actually ran her half marathon while being sick, which was yeah. pretty impressive. That was a doozy on a New Year's Day, actually. The morning of New Year's Day, Jeremiah ran it with me. And miles were actually really good. And then those last four, I was hurting. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't have a whole lot to update everybody with on my side. I mean, the biggest thing is that I'm working through an injury with MMA. Uh, I got some shit going on with my elbow, so I'm working through that. Uh, Conquer Academy, I've been having a hell of a time loving it with Conquer Academy, building out our programs and interacting with our students. And on the topic of confidence, when we think about confidence, I'm getting to a level now where, I mean, this has always happened, but it's happening more and more. There's just more shit talkers on the internet. You know, I've gotten more DMs with people saying bullshit, YouTube comments with people saying bullshit. They're brave behind the screen. Oh my God. (laughs) Everybody's a tough guy. They are so confident from behind. Oh, they're arrogant. This week I had a gym conflict for the first time in a long time. I would say the guy was being arrogant. He was like doing barbell curls right next to the dumbbells and I needed a set of dumbbells. There was barely any space to get by him. So I go up there to get him. I squeeze by him like that, you know, and I really did try to make myself smaller, which to be honest, I probably shouldn't even done that. But you know, who stands like one foot away from the fucking dumbbells and then gets an attitude. He, so he got an attitude with me after I squeezed in there. People with no spatial awareness. Yeah. And there was like all types of space behind him. He threw us this little tantrum and, but it was all passive aggressive. He mumbled some shit under his breath <sighs> about, yeah, he did. He did exactly that. There's a grown man going, <sighs> And I said, what? And he's like, he kind of mumbled some shit and turned away, right? So I took out my headphones because I'm like, if you're going to have a problem, like, let's talk about it. I'm looking at him in the eyes, trying to address the conversation or trying to address the topic. And he just continues to mumble, huff, and won't look at me. 
has attitude all over his body. I just wait and I'm looking at him and I'm like, are you really going to do this right now? I'm like, you were standing one foot away from the dumbbells. What was I supposed to do? And he's like, yeah, but you just like went right in there. Yeah. What else would you do? It's a gym. It's a public gym with multiple members. What are you supposed to do when you need to get in somewhere and someone is standing there? You go around them. Yeah. I was like, bro, you must have like no awareness. That's what I said to him. He just kind of like chicken fluffs his feathers, you know, kind of did that and then like turned away from me. He's like, and then he, his, his last comment was, um, it's too early in the morning for this shit. First of all, it was seven o'clock in the morning. Well, we got a real early riser over here. <laughs> I'm like the wrong guy. You're going to throw a fit with me, bro. I got cauliflower ear. <laughs> Read the room. <laughs> not that Read I'm like, I'm not like the fucking UFC champ of the world or anything, but like, damn, bro, come on. Pretty sad being that guy. And I just felt bad for him, to be honest, because he was throwing a little temper tantrum. That's men these days, you know? So sassy. They're just sassy, passive aggressive. He, I don't think he really loved himself and he just had an attitude about himself. He was probably up drinking last night, you know, or the night before or whatever. And he's just angry, disgruntled that he made a bad decision. And now he's in the gym trying to sweat it out. I've been there. I was that person with an attitude before, too. Don't be a dick. Yeah, don't be a dick. When I was in his shoes and I had an attitude, it's because I wasn't keeping the promises I was making to myself. The world is a reflection of you. So like what you see in others is a reflection of you. So if you're being an asshole to people, it's because you've been an asshole to yourself. And you're treating everybody else like you're treating yourself on the inside. The goal here, guys, is to help you with your fitness journey, help you feel more confident so you can go into the work like the leader you know you are. And if you feel confident, it's to 10x it, to multiply it, make you feel even better. But some of you guys are just starting out. You're trying to get back on track or you're having peaks and valleys and you're trying to feel confident that you can just not have the valleys anymore. We're going to help you out with that, too. Let's talk a little bit about your fitness journey. What was the post that you posted this morning? All right. So this morning I um, did an Instagram post. I talked a little bit about my relationship with fitness and confidence and mindset and how they all kind of work together. When I was a kid, I was so shy. I was so scared of people. I was scared to talk to people. Yeah, me too, Um, actually. I was like pretty shy as well. Oh, it was hard. Like I'm getting emotional thinking about it because I would just cry. Anytime I was in a position to have to talk to people, I would just, I would bawl. I would flush. Oh my God. Yeah, that was my thing. It was hard. I was like that up until I joined the army, actually. Nobody thought I was going to make it through basic. Where do you think that comes from, the timidness as kids, like that me and you had? I was never in one place more than two years. Yeah. You know, my entire life. You know, I never had an opportunity to really be in one place and build those social skills and build relationships and learn how to to interface with people. And that's not a bad thing because, you know, all that moving, I'm very well-rounded and I feel comfortable in any situation, but it definitely hit me socially. It was hard. Yeah, so you think it's just a byproduct? product of not being conditioned to socialize. Yeah, for me, yeah, I think that's what it is. I mean, that would make sense for me because my town was like 300 people and I I didn't have a lot of social, I didn't really socialize until I got into the military too. Yeah, you had like what, four kids in your grade? (laughs) In what? In elementary school and middle school? Something like that. (laughs) Yeah. And I had like one real friend like that I hung out with and I had to share him with my brother, you know? Communal friend. (laughs) Yeah. And now I have a whole different, a whole crazy network, you know? Yeah, it's wild. You were timid, just like I was, so a lot of similarities there. And then you got in the military and you built some confidence there. You know, nobody thought I was going to make it through basic training. My mom jokes with me. You know, she feels bad about saying it now, but when I told her I was signing up, she was terrified. She almost did not sign the papers because I signed up when I was 17. Oh, I didn't know that, actually. Yeah, I joined my senior year of high school. And I left right after I graduated. My dad almost didn't sign the papers. They were like, what are you talking about? Because in high school, I was, one, I was shy as heck. Two, I was not athletic. (laughs) 
I did a couple sports, but I hated it. I was naturally slim just because I genetics, but I was not athletic. So everybody was like, what are you talking about? What are you doing? What the army? Really? Seriously? You know, I went and I excelled. I did so well. What made you, what made you want to enlist? Getting away from my hometown. Why, honestly. But why was that the like the answer? Did you see somebody going to the military or something? I have a little bit of military, interesting military history in my family, but um, I won't go into that right now. There's that. And then also, you know, they were saying, we'll pay. I, I was going to get a really sweet fucking bonus. Oh, and, so you got recruited pretty much. Yeah. Oh. I maxed out the ASVAB in every area. Like yeah. the highest score that you can get, I got. Air Force was on my butt. <laughs> the Army was on they, my butt. They didn't try to recruit the me. The neighbor was on my. The Navy was on my butt. The Marine. The Marines didn't really chase me because I wasn't a Marine type. Yeah. But uh, every it, every other branch was like, oh, we want you. We're gonna give you, you know, this much money. Well, you can do whatever you want. You know, yeah. come on, join us, join us, join us. And then on top of that, they were gonna pay for my college. So I was like, you know, well, it gets me out of here. It's something different. Yeah. You know, it's a way for me to grow. Yeah, I think the Marines and the Army came after me. I don't think I saw it from the Air Force or the Navy. Oh, the Air, the, I had the papers drawn up for the Air Force. Like the day I was supposed to sign them, the Army guy was like, we'll give you $20,000. And I was like, you know what? I'm sold. <laughs> you got me. Beat the Air Force by, I think, like three three grand. Yeah. Yeah. They just bought you. They, they did. That's how it worked. And I, I, I'm not ashamed. Better. Saw an opportunity to change your change your life, jumped mm -hmm. in, they paid you, that put you in the military. Yeah. You, and so what built your confidence up? You went from, kind of talk about the contrast, so that you went from shy, timid, hard, oh, to goodness. what? So basic training was a culture shock. I don't know how else to explain it. Um, I got there and you're forced into basically these pens with other young people and older people and every, just new people to the army and you're shuffled around and you're forced to be dress right dress and match the person next to you and you're, yeah. you're, you're forced into all this discipline and, and regimented activity and exercise, specific way of eating, challenging yourself and fitness and it was all these things on top of that. They're like yelling at you, which before the army, that would have crushed me. Oh my God. I would have just cried like a little baby, but somehow I don't know what it was, but something clicked while I was in basic. And I was like, you know what? These people are getting paid to do this. This is their job. This is not personal. They're not yelling at me because I'm a bad person. Yeah. They're yelling at me because they want to get me prepared for in the event that I'm going to need to handle my business and do yeah. what I need to do. And I understood that pretty early on in the process. So it became a game yeah. and I, I played the game and I had fun and I got us in trouble a lot, but I also did really, really good. Even with fitness, it was still a challenge for me. So you ended up getting stressed out when you went to boot camp and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And then you ended up turning it like the stress from the it, environment. It went from, you, from distress to you stress. So you basically reframed your experience and you mm -hmm. started stepping into the challenges that you were facing and not hiding from it. Mm -hmm. And then what did you become? Like talk about your confidence that you developed and kind of draw the contrast between what you were and then what you, who you became through the military and the, and the confident leader that you became. What, can you kind of paint that picture? Yeah, I went from a, a delicate, frightened, weak child to that girl. And I knew it. Yeah. Nobody could tell me anything. Like any any challenge I came up on the military, while I was in the military, I crushed it. I absolutely just knocked it out of the park. I was distinguished honor grad for, I think, two of my major courses. Got to pretty much pick any assignment I wanted through my entire career. Uh -huh. 
I, I went all the way up to just under the Department of the Army and the um, competition boards. I was winning those right and left. You said it was runner-up, right, for Department of the Army? I didn't make it to Department of the Army. I made it just under Department of the Army. Yeah, I was runner-up for the Signal Corps. Okay. And if I would have won Signal Corps, I would have went on to Department of the Army. Okay, so guys. And I lost by three points. Yeah, but. <laughs> I'm still but, bitter about But there's that. a lot of stepping stones, so let's talk about this. So she became a non-commissioned officer, which basically meant that she was now, she through her time in service, she became in charge of other people. And then she started competing as a non-commissioned officer in her industry, basically. And she started, the Army does these competitions where you basically study your industry, your field, plus basic soldier skills, like say shooting a M4, shooting a machine gun, mm-hmm. taking them apart, plus whatever. Plus zone. military history, yeah, plus, plus fitness, yeah. plus so they, a in-person board where you go and it's, it's like really high stress interview. So they run these competitions from low levels to high levels. Basically picture the entire army and all of the teams that are under the army are doing these comps and they're going to test you with your area of expertise and then also military history plus tactics stuff like that, plus tactical things. And then as you win, you go higher and higher up towards the army. And then what ends up happening is when you get to the apex, you compete against all of the people that are of your grade, your rank, you compete against all of them in a big culminating exercise. It's kind of like a giant pyramid fighting to the top to be the best NCO exactly. in the entire army. And so at the very, very top, top competition is the Department of the Army uh, competition. And then right underneath that is the Corps that you're a part of. So Sharice was underneath the Signal Corps. Netcom. Netcom, sorry. Yeah. So this was Network Netcom. Enterprise Command. Basically what that means is like, bog us down here, we're going to keep moving. But my point is, is that the way you can picture this is that she was on a team. She was basically, not only was she in the Super Bowl... But she was on a team. How would you draw the contrast? Oh, that's a good the question. Scope for somebody. It was like the game before the Super Bowl. Well, it's not really like the Super Bowl because yeah, it's, it's not true. a team thing. It's yeah, not a no. team thing. It's an individual thing. You know, I don't really know what to compare it to. Like a, a giant spelling bee with guns. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where you start out in elementary school and you win your class, then you win your school, then you win the district, then you win the state, then you go to the country. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like that. She went and ascended all the way up from the very bottom to the very, very fucking top there and then was competing against people with like, you know, and she was competing against men too. She was tested on her ability to disassemble, put together weapons, her ability to do land navigation, her ability to like answer questions in the military history. Anyways, point being is that competition is basically award the best non-commissioned officer in that industry, right? Yeah, in the army. It's looking to recognize the, the, the best. best soldiers, NCOs in the army. Yeah, the best leaders. Yeah, exactly. There we go. You know, we just nailed it. So it's the it's really what it was. So it went from shy, timid girl to competing as one of the best military non-commissioned officer leaders at her rank and grade. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. With that being said, how did you change? How much did fitness play a role in your ability to create confidence in yourself? Like, how did fitness play a role and what were the keys to your confidence? It was everything. I mean, without fitness, I wouldn't have been able to even start on that journey. Yeah. You know, it was the habits that I built and the confidence that came from those habits, the discipline that came from those habits that that gave me the structure and the ability to, to study and take on my workload and be physically fit, be competent in my MOS, my job. It was all of those things put together. It just gave me a complete mindset shift. And I realized that I could really do anything. Basically, fitness changed your confidence by making you do hard things. Mm-hmm. Doing hard things physically and then being successful at doing hard things physically 
changed me. The biggest thing that fitness did for me is like anytime I embrace a challenge that I didn't think I could do physically and then I did it, it changed my belief system about myself. Exactly. What was the time for you that your belief system about you changed after you did something physically? Ooh, I mean, just recently, the half marathon, you know, that's 13.1 miles. That's 6.1 miles further than I ran at any given point in the army. The most I'd ever run, run in my life was seven miles. And I was just blown out of the water that I even did that one time while I was in the army. Then I got out of the army and didn't run again for 14 years, yeah. 13 years. And then I picked it up again a couple months ago. And that half marathon, I was like, wow, you know, I, I really did that. I never imagined I could do that. Now I'm like, well, shoot, if I could do that, a marathon's not going to be anything. What did it give you confidence to do in other areas of your life outside of fitness? It's giving me confidence to be able to speak about my story, to be able to feel confident, like interact you. with people, you mm -hmm. know, build my relationships. It's given me confidence in the workplace because I know that nothing is insurmountable for me in every area of my life. Yeah, because you overcame a personal challenge. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then when you do that, you know that you're holding yourself back in other areas of life. Like like you said, building relationships is an area where we all can struggle from time to time. And when you do something like a physical thing, like running a half marathon, and you're like, oh, well, if I can do that, I can talk to this person. So for me, some things that changed my confidence with fitness or myself, excuse me, and my belief system about myself. I mean, it was fucking every step of the way. First, it was break going from running the two miles to five miles, being able to do like 60 pushups to being able to do over 100 in two minutes. And then it was like Army's best ranger competition, even though I didn't do didn't pass that thing or place that still transformed me. Then it was MMA challenged me tremendously because people told me I was too old and shit. And I got in there. and I did it anyway. Got my blue belt in seven months, purple belt in under two years. I mean, I've constantly used fitness as a tool to change myself, but nutrition even as well, mm -hmm. like like getting down to eight point. 5% or 6% body fat. Yeah. 8.6. That was a whole different unlock for me when I did that. And I challenged like myself. A cheat code. Oh, big time. I got, I developed so another level of willpower and discipline and confidence in myself to pull something off by doing that. Now I just look at everything. Like look at business. I look at our life and I'm like, all I got to do is fucking just focus on this and I'm mm -hmm. going to get it. And then lastly, the way that pushing myself and fitness has helped me gain confidence is in relationships. Like you said, because when I jumped into MMA, MMA is a community sport. Like it's an individual sport, but it's in a community sport. You can't, it's hard to train MMA alone. Yeah. You can't really spar by yourself. Right. So you have to go meet people and talk to people. It made me and be vulnerable. Me. Exactly. It made me, yeah, exactly. And if you think you're a tough guy and then you go in there and you look like an asshole throwing a punch, you're going to be exposed and mm -hmm. you guys are going to, you're going to have to confront your, your ego and your, you're going to have to work through that shit. Fitness has helped me tremendously with my personal confidence when it comes to interacting with people because it's done that. You said you, you did 100 push-ups in two minutes? I set the Cal Poly record at 116 in two minutes. That's outstanding. I think my max was uh, was 82, but I averaged around 75 push-ups and then uh, 80 sit-ups. But my run was trash. Yeah. But I'd always pass the run. I always get like a 70% on my run. Fitness has helped us tremendously believe more in ourselves. And it just feels so good. It feels yeah. so good to challenge yourself and be on track. People love it. But there's also the other side of it. Like life happens. You're going to get knocked down a lot. Like just recently you're getting sick. Mm -hmm. And along my way, you know, I rolled my ankle in college. and like, That was a bad one. Yo, it was bad. It was, I was laid up for months and, you know, that fucked me up. And you tore your ACL. Mm -hmm. So life just... And not to mention all the other stuff that goes along in life, like people dying in your in your family, friends, financial issues, challenges, relationship issues, challenges. Life Think, comes at you fast. And things knock people down. And I know that there's somebody that's listening that 
they all love this idea of fitness, but they just want to get back on track. They want to take, or they want to take it to the next level, get that unlock. They're trying to get back on track and they feel like they've let things slip. And it's like that quote, the chains of habit are too light to be felt until it's too heavy to be broken. It can be intimidating, especially if you've tried and you feel like you've failed, but there is no real failure with fitness. There's only trying differently. Yeah. Working around your limitations. Because there's always going to be something that you you maybe can't do or is hard for you. And you have to learn to work around that. So not only are you are you getting the benefits of being healthy and, you know, getting your mindset and your discipline in order, your confidence raised, but you're really building your ability to think through problems and troubleshoot. I think that's invaluable. So don't be afraid of the fact that you've maybe failed in the past because you didn't fail. You just gave up a little too soon and didn't try try everything that you could. Do it one day at a time. That adds up. You know, one day at a time becomes a week at a time, becomes a month. Before you know it, your habits are built and it's second nature. What I'll tell you guys is like Sharice is very encouraging and she's very positive and she's, you know, all of us can relate to her stories. Even I can. On my side, what I'll tell you is just some tough love. Like, first thing is don't fucking walk away from your ability, your opportunity to win today. Don't walk away from your opportunity to win today. What that means is that a lot of people are waiting. They're trying to get themselves going with their fitness and health, trying to create that unlock and take things next level. Your opportunity is today. You can get that win today. This feeling that you have of like, oh, I'm going to start next week. I'm going to start tomorrow. Oh, I love this podcast. I'll, I'm going to use this podcast tomorrow morning. I'm going to get up tomorrow morning. I'm going to listen to the podcast. And I'm really just going to get things going for myself. Procrastination is the death of progress. And so when you make these excuses and you delay what can be done right now, you're walking away from the win. You can win today. All you got to do is make the decision. So that's my tough love for you. If it isn't even, this is really not even that tough, but it's like, <laughs> fuck. It's, it's honest. It's like, stop looking for the result and start focusing on the opportunity to change, which is right fucking now. And then the last thing on this, and I'll let you ask me some questions or whatever. Making the decision to change is the first step. And then you need to build a damn system into your life to keep you on track. A lot of you guys fall off because you're surrounded by people that fucking fall off. You need to be in an environment that's conducive to your growth. The community you're in is going to help shape your behaviors. Yes. And then you inside of that community should be bringing people up too. And everybody should feed off each other. So when one person's down, the other person's coming in and building people up and holding the standard. And then when that person goes down, everybody else holds the standard. It's like in Conquer. Everybody's elevating students and staff right now. That's because it's the culture. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you guys have to pay to get in the communities that you need to be in. It doesn't have to be ours. I don't give a shit. But what I'm saying is I don't care what the cost is because the cost of not doing what you need to get done is your happiness. It's a slow death. People spend money in, on so much stupid shit. Like their car payment is fucking 750 bucks a month. And they're like, oh, yeah, but I need that car. No, you don't. You need to be in a community that is helping you develop your mindset and your fitness. How good would it feel? This is the difference. When you're in your car, do you feel like a fucking badass? I mean, do I? Well, you do. Yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. But would you feel like <laughs> would you feel like a badass if you were in that car at 350 pounds and you were cutting corners every day? No, you, I, I, I wouldn't be happy. You could be in a Lamborghini, which makes you appear like you fucking look good and like you're confident and you're awesome. But deep down inside, you're going to feel like shit because you're not doing the things that you know you need to do. So what's more important? Your fucking over, overly priced vehicle that you guys are paying for or the price for your fitness and confidence from intrinsic value? Guys, find a way 
like maybe it's for right now for you guys it's just getting the gym membership go fucking get the gym membership and get started I see you're fired up over there. Yeah, it's just that we have this like society, and I'm fired up because I got I was a victim to the system. Once I once I realized that I was that the system had screwed me over, I took responsibility and I fixed it. Fixed it, but at first I wasn't aware that I was taught put all of my money into shit that doesn't help me. I was taught, told through society, through the social norm, that I should overspend on my vehicle. Be a consumer. I should be a consumer. Buy bullshit all the time. I should drink on the weekends and waste my money on that. I should waste my money on Ford. I should waste my money on clothes that make me feel like make me look a certain way, even though deep down inside I don't feel that way. I was taught to buy things, put my money in things outside of my uh, myself. To make up for whatever inadequacies you're trying to hide. Exactly. Yep. And the real happiness and confidence started coming when I went inward and I reversed it. I did the opposite. I started putting time, energy money into me uno reverse and that's how you win so that's the key man it's just that society so not you guys are aware that you have been taught you've taken on this path to be a consumer now you need to become motherfucking winner and what winners do is they focus inward on them and do whatever they can to fucking make themselves unstoppable how did you get started with fitness what was your inspiration even get on the path to to getting in shape I was like 12 years old or something like that. My dad had bought a bench press for Christmas for the family. It was like a $50 bench press machine. And we had those concrete weights that you used to have like back in the 90s. Hardcore. Yeah. One, those concrete ones with the plastic wrap. Yeah, I know exactly which one you're talking about. We had some that were concrete. And then I think we had some that were like sand, if I remember right. But it was basically like the blue ones, the red ones. And they were like, that was the weights back then. It was either all steel or these sand weights or concrete weights with plastic rims around them or uh, plastic container around them. I was complaining because I was born with a genetic anomaly defect. Defect. It's uh, basically pectus cavity. It's where my pec, my sternum dips in just a little, like dips in a little bit. And I was 12 years old and I was very insecure about it as a kid. And I started complaining about it at 12 years old. So my chest doesn't look like everybody else's. It sinks in a little bit in the sternum. Point is, is that that shit fucked me up. And I was complaining about it as a kid, and my dad walked up, and he said, listen, if you don't like something about yourself, you fix it. Such good advice. It seems simple, and it seems straightforward, but really, like, that's really deep. Yeah, I mean, it changed the whole trajectory of my life. That it one, absolutely That did. one line, and he's like, I have it too. And he's like, and this is how you overcome it. He's like, you just need to build up the pec, the pectoral muscles. He's like, it'll look less, it won't look so apparent. And he's like, and honestly, it'll be good for your rib. He kind of explained the whole thing to me, right? And so that gave me something I could control to focus on. So I started lifting. And when I first started lifting, it was chest one day, arms the next day. Chest one day, arms the next day. That's all I did for like <laughs> six months. Dude, dude cycle. Yeah. Dude cycle. I kept doing it. I might have been 14 years old, actually. Yeah, I was probably 14 because I, I was. And then I went, because I went to high school. After that summer, I came and walked into high school and everybody was complimenting me on my arms and my chest. Getting a little big head over there. Yeah. And then I just, <laughs> and then I was like, no, I was small for my grade. I was undersized. And then I started getting compliments on being big and that just fed my confidence. And that's really what started me off on the, the journey. So moral of the story from that, the lesson I learned is that if you don't like something about yourself, you fix it. After you got the initial results, like what, what kept you doing it? Why'd you stay consistent with your fitness? What was the mindset that you had that I just became obsessed with being somebody bigger and greater than I was. So it started off with wanting to fix myself. And as I got the compliments, then I started admiring strong, strong guys, right? I was like, Oh, my dad had muscles. We used to have a bunch of workout magazines. We got obsessed about it. So we'd go in the basement and we'd have all these like 
check out Arnold. Yeah. Oh, I had Arnold Encyclopedia. <laughs> and we just obsessed about working out. My goal was to turn into one of those guys I saw in the magazines. That's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be strong. I wanted to be big. I wanted to, you know, have the muscles. So we got obsessed about it. And then I got into athletics and it just kept being a part of my life. And every, every time life got hard for me, because my house was a loving house, but it was also stressful. I would go down and train in the gym. We had a rule in the house. And that rule was gym time is sacred time. And so my mom was very overbearing. All right. Love the lady to death, but she was very <laughs> overbearing. And, but we made a rule in the house that if we were ever downstairs, my mom and her agreed to this, that if we were, the boys were ever downstairs working out, she agreed not to bother us while we were training. So we used to just like live down. Just taking advantage of the system. We did this workout. It was how to gain a, an inch on your arms in one day. What? Yeah, it, we were like 16 years old. And it was basically to do a 10 to 15 minute arm smoker every hour for like 12 hours. Jeez. So we we would wake up. We woke up at like 6 o'clock. We started lifting, burned the arms, biceps, triceps. An hour later, we were back in there doing it again. We did that all day, just sore as fuck. And then we would just hang out down there for a little bit too. So it was like a whole day off from here, my mom. But That's yeah. really funny. What has the mindset portion of fitness done for you now as as a leader and as as an entrepreneur i've always carved out time for fitness to build me i found somewhere along the way i found out that it was a place where not only could i go inward on my problems some people look at it like escaping but no it's prioritizing you make time for the things that are important to you yeah i think at first i was escaping from stress I was like, all right, I'm stressed the fuck out. I don't want to deal with this. I'm going to go train. And I would just decompress that way. And then what ended up happening is my life got so busy, I had excuses not to train. Mm -hmm. But I made myself, like when I became an infantry officer, I would make myself go train before missions mm -hmm. to make sure that I got my head clear. And I knew that if I trained, I found time to train. And I would, there was times where I trained for like 15 or 20 minutes. And uh, before we go do like a uh, fucking airborne operation or something like that when I was in regiment, I'd go train for a quick 20 minutes. That was a chance for me to basically unplug, think about what was important to me, build myself and not make an excuse for opting out of my training. So I always looked at it as a way for like building discipline, building yeah, myself absolutely. and making time, proving to myself I was going to make time for the things that are important to me and not making excuses. What are some, uh, what about you? So for common, um, you know, you spend on, you have, you're in some Facebook groups. Yeah. And a lot of times you're talking to people in those groups that are struggling and trying to get started or whatnot. What are some of the common challenges that you find with people that are trying to get on track with their fitness and build themselves up? Most of the people that I see are just struggling with where to start, you know, struggling with motivation and this idea that they need motivation in order to do the work. And that's one of the things that I tell people so often is you don't need to be motivated to do it. You just need to do it. The motivation will come. When I have somebody that is trying to get their fitness started, I tell them what they need to do is make, you make fitness a task for the day. And then you make it a task again the next day. You, you got to become a box checker. Okay. So you check these blocks and then you elevate those tasks into standards. So a one day task turns into a two day task and you do that enough times, then you get clear about what your fitness standard is going to be. An example of that would be, okay, every single day I'm going to do something for my health. That means I'm going to work out five days a week. And then the fifth day, I'm going to do an active recovery. The seventh day, I'm going to do some stretching and I'm going to do a sauna session or something like that, but I'm still going to do a, uh, something for my health. So it's about taking fitness tasks and turning them into standards. And what that does is it raises you up because the standards that you set in your life are the, the floors that you 
is the floor that you're walking on on life. Yeah, I like that. I like that. The standard you set is the floor you walk on. You know, it becomes your minimum. So what we want to do with your life is constantly take build in tasks into our day. You don't want to do it all. You want to just start off with the basics, turn those tasks into standards. Okay. Now this is really important from a just entrepreneurship and business standpoint, because I've failed for years in business. I started, I started an entrepreneurship back in like 2013. Okay. And I was failing. I'd have a lot of ups and downs. I'd have some success with businesses that I was doing, and then I'd have some failures and that went on for a while. And the problem was this, I was trying to get to the result as fast as I could. I was trying to build the successful business as quick as I could, make the most amount of money as quick as I could. And what ended up happening is there was times where I was making decent money. Like I made like three grand in 10 minutes one time in like 2015. That was life-changing money for me. But life would happen, life would go on, and what would happen is I would lose that money instantly. A lot of ups and downs, tons. And I would constantly get back to square one over and over and over again. And I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure out why is it that I keep losing everything I'm gaining? And the problem was that I got learning the strategy to build the business. This is so important. You guys really listen to this. I got the strategy to make money in business, okay? So the money was coming, but what I didn't get, what I didn't have was the foundation for success. So imagine trying to out-train a bad diet. Doesn't work. Not if I all. if I stuff my face with bullshit and I train hard, it you, you cannot have the ideal physique. It does not work. You've got to be doing an insurmountable amount of work to to keep up with your diet, regardless of whether you're eating like crap or not. So I was doing that with life. That's why I was having the ups and downs in business. Mm-hmm. Trying to outwork the bad habits. Yeah. So I basically what it looked like was this: Here's Jeremiah building a company or starting a bit of uh, an app. Or he's starting a drop shipping company because those are some things that I did. Or day trading because mm-hmm. that's what some things that I did. Making some money. And then I'm doing that Monday through Friday. But then at nighttime, I'm drinking too much. Friday night, I go out party. Saturday, Sunday, I just do whatever the fuck I feel like doing. And when you have those bad habits, basically what I was doing is I was being impulsive. So I'm very structured during the mornings. I'm doing structured during the business. But then on the backside, I'm doing whatever the structure fuck I... Structure out the window. Structure out the window. I'm just going to do whatever the hell I want. And not only that, but like I'm not operating from a place of integrity all the time. I'm not operating from what I know is right all the time. So when you don't have integrity or it's not solidified, you don't listen to yourself. You have no structure outside of work. You're impulsive. That money is gone. It's as quicker, quicker than it comes in. It's like water you going have, through your fingers. Yeah. And so what I really needed was elite level discipline. I had a level of discipline because I was good at work, but I didn't have an elite level discipline because I wasn't good outside of work. So I had to really work on that. And I had to fix my mindset around where I saw I was. I was a bit arrogant is what I was because I was not coachable during that season. I was doing everything by myself. Mm-hmm. You were an IMA. I was a big time IMA. I'm going to do it myself. But it was And once I got the foundation in, once I cut out bad habits like drinking, going out at night, overspending, being undisciplined on the weekends, being impulsive. Like once I fixed and tightened up on those things, life just started elevating. The world became right when I got right, you know? Put yourself together, the world comes together too. Exactly. It's like the the, the boy in the the magazine story. Fitness result will come. What you need to focus on is having the daily process that drives you to your best. That's what I had to do. Once I got that locked in, it's like I'm coaching this guy one-on-one right now. And one of the main things I'm coaching him with is becoming his best. And he's actually, he's actually a trader. That's cool. He had the peaks and valleys. He has made more money with me in the last couple weeks than he has the entire time he's traded. How much do you think I've coached him on trading? Probably little to none. None. 
Absolutely none. I've coached him on self mastery. Mm -hmm. And as a result, he messaged me this morning, bro. I'm so thank you. So, so thankful for your mentorship. He's like, I just had my another biggest, another biggest day that I've ever had. He just keeps going up and up and up. Let's go. Yeah. And he's just so, and I, he's so excited. And it's because he's listening to himself outside of trading and I'm teaching him high performance and mindset outside of training. I always tell people you build, you build the people and the people build the business. You build the leader and the leader builds the business. So that's what you guys are missing if you're having a lot of ups and downs. And that's what I probably leave you with, yeah? In your life, Sharice, the people that you see, they're on the internet, your friends, your family members, people on Facebook. What do you think is the is another big challenge that they come to you with? I get a lot of questions about diet, you know, how to eat and what to eat and when to eat and why to eat. Really, it's it's not about any of those things. What it's what it is about is understanding your cal calories in, calories out and your macros and and how to work with those to to maximize your fitness. I got questions about nutrition too. Everything that I teach, leadership, working out, the actual workout programs, mm -hmm. daily structure, mindset, and if everything that I teach, the most pushback I get is with nutrition. People always want to, oh, but I, I need this, or oh, I, I can't do that. That's not enough for me. Oh, no, no. Yep. They mm -hmm. are firm in what they believe that they need. They don't, they don't understand. Exactly. And most of them, and I was guilty of this too, they're yeah, delusional. Too. They were delusional about what they were doing. And what they thought they were doing. So mm -hmm. I get a lot of people that tell me that they eat healthy. I was one of those people. But then I ask them what body fat they are. And they one, they don't know. The second thing is that they say they eat healthy. But when you look at them, you, the body doesn't hide your secrets. Like yeah, it, the physique doesn't lie. You, 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 can, you can lie with your words, but you can't lie with your body. If you think that you eat healthy, but for some reason... Your body doesn't reflect it. Even though you eat healthy, it's a genetic issue or it's the way your body's built or it's composition, you're wrong. Your body will reflect what you put into it. So if you can't look in the mirror, if you're not, like if you're, I always use men as an example, but if you're not underneath, if you're not around 10% body fat, you don't eat healthy. Underneath 15%, like a lot of guys struggle getting below 14. For women, that number is probably closer to about 25. So it usually goes under 15 and then fucking 10 for guys, right? Mm -hmm. If you're not in that zone, 10 to 12, you're not fucking healthy. You're not eating healthy. Yeah, you're same with women. If you're if you're not around 25% body fat as a woman, you're probably a little bit overweight. I know that you internet fucking asterisk holes are going to fucking jump at me for saying that, but I know if you go to the doctor, they're going to tell you, oh, you know, you need more fat than 10% body fat on your body and yada, yada. Understand the intent of what I'm saying here. Okay, if your body does not look like it's in shape, you are doing your your workouts wrong and your nutrition wrong. That is the point that I'm trying to make here, okay? But if you're pushing back on what I'm saying, understand that you're also being that arrogant person versus the person that's coachable, okay? Coachable and confident. 95, 99% of you guys, your belief system about food is probably, and what you need is probably wrong. If it was right, you would get to the results that you were after, but just assume that it's wrong and that you don't need what you're actually telling yourself that you need. Okay. And this is the last part on this is not everything you think is true. Not everything you believe is true. That's a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow. Because we're arrogant. Exactly. By nature, we look for ways to reaffirm our arrogance. The key guys um, to set you up for success, you got to get out of your own way. Stop believing the thoughts that are holding you back. Stop believing that you can't start your fitness journey today. Stop believing that you should keep eating the way that you're eating and that you eat fine. Stop believing the lies. You don't even have to try harder. You, have to, you just have to try differently. Get the right information. Challenge yourself. If it's uncomfortable, good. That means growth. 
If it's uncomfortable, you're doing something right. Exactly. Just do the work. Don't be afraid of it. I love that. If I had one inspirational message to give you guys or to repeat from today's show, it's don't walk away from your opportunity to win today. That's my message for you. Take everything I've given you. I know it was kind of hard at the end there, whatever. (laughs) Just kind of giving you some shit. But it's the truth. That's the message I needed. I love you guys, truly, especially as we continue to climb higher and higher on this mountain that we're on. There's more and more fucking haters throwing shitty comments on me on social media. You guys have always been there from the get-go. You guys are the team that believes in not only me, but the mission that we're all on collectively, building good leaders in society, being the example. You guys are part of that team. Love you all. And until next time, be the leader. Let's go hard. I need some motivation. motivation. Every day I try a little harder, but my dedication. dedication. Keep my head way, way above the water. Proud of myself when I yell at the wall. Back in the run, but I needed to crawl. I see the finish line up ahead. Trying to get traction from all of this tread. I am a king. I am a queen. I am more than the people can see. I am strong when I'm needing to be. Vulnerability's nothing to me. You can try, but I'm unshakable. My successes is never debatable. I'm chameleon. I'm so interchangeable. Here's to you and all that you are capable. To sum it up, I spill my my guts. Sometimes I felt as if I wasn't good enough. But 